It's the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. What a nice song to start this hour. Everybody kind of trying to mend and heal from last night's game. I read one time that that song is, or at least at the time, was the song that men cried most often to. So I think that was, even just intuitively, a great choice by you, Declan. What's coming up next? Some kind of other depressing song? or No, we'll pick it up a little bit for the last couple right. of songs we got here. Well, we're, we're bringing the heat now. We've got Steve Lansky joining us now from Big Mouth Sports. Uh, Steve is uh, a guy who's been telling it like it is for some time now, and like it is has come true. Lansky, when did you start you know, really wondering about this team? I know it was a long time ago. Wondering about this team this year or wondering about this team overall? Overall, because I know it's been more than just this year. Yes, it has. That's a great question. Um, well, that's why I'm here. Yeah, it, well, there's a variety of reasons why you're there, but that's one of them. God bless you. Um, I'm going <laughs> to say when they lost to the Blackhawks, help me out, 2020, with the playoffs in August and... They had a five-game series, and they lost 3-1. to one. It was in Edmonton in the bubble. Would that be 2020? Yeah. Yeah. I would say at that point, I started to think they shouldn't have lost this series, um, despite the fact, and I can't remember who it was. Steve? Steve, we lost Steve. It's funny when he was saying about, you know, I was here for a lot of reasons. I thought he might list them, you know, can't save money, <laughs> still needs to work, has no other, you know, measurable skill. There's a lot of things that have me still here. My card still works. You know, I can get in the building. Uh, I'm willing to work for cheap. Uh, I have nothing else to do. There's a whole lot of reasons why I'm still here. But I wanted Lansky to tell us because... You know, I didn't real I didn't remember that it was back to 2020, but he's been on the lowdown for a long time, and he has always expressed just a, just a hesitation to say yes, this team has it, this team is rolling, this team is going to have it happen, and so I wanted him to tell us. Now he has. It was the 2020. I have to remember they went away because of COVID, and they came back, and a lot of the defensemen obviously didn't think they were going to come back, and so the bottom line was they lost then, and they lost to Winnipeg, and since. Jay Woodcroft, they won three series, but the bottom line here was that Steve was worried about them uh, way back in uh, 2020. Where are you on the are you on the, the space station? Where are you today, Lansky? Yeah, no, we're driving on the back roads of Bonneville, okay. and I thought, right. we'd, I thought we'd be okay. I thought we might have made it home. Just pulling into the uh, the landing pad now, but obviously we got cut off. Where was I in my explanation of when they started losing me? You you had identified twenty twenty that that was your worry. It was the it was the lockout year. They came back. Some of the defensemen weren't in great shape. They lost that, and then that was the point at which you began to question whether they were going to win. Yeah, and then it's only expanded from there. Like when they lost to the Jets in four, and I get that they were four one goal games. I'm like, there's no way they should lose that series that way. There's just no way. And you could see some frustration and you could see some things happening. And so it's, it's been a, it's been a long build out and I'm just waiting to be surprised at something. And the only thing that surprised me is that they knocked the flames out in five games in that series two years ago. Okay. That, other than that, 
nothing has surprised me. Well, uh, Ken Holland today has drained the prospect pool, signed a lot of older players, sunk his battleship, and spilled the wine. I don't think there's much left but firing the coach. Fair? Yes. And here's, you know, I'm really tired of the just the same phrases over and over and over again. We've got to do better. You know, blah, 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 blah. Let's say, Al, you ask me a question. Let's say the next question you ask me on this show and I go, gee, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really have an answer to that. And then I just stop. Well, that's funny once. And then I tell you off the air, oh, I'll do better next week. I'll do better next week. Next week you ask me another question. I say, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Right? Yeah, you get it. So after a while, the charm's gone, and you're going, why do we have this guy on? He's not, he, he just, he says all the right things. Oh, I'll be better. I'll be better. They're not any better. So at what point do you stop believing the crap? At what point? Because that's what it is. They're feeding us crap, and we're buying it repeatedly. Enough. Well, I will tell you, the reason you're on every week is your wife's jam. That's it. (laughs) Are you telling me it doesn't matter what I say? Not not at all. This is my head exploding. You're not even on the air. We just record the segment and don't play it. So... Like you wouldn't be the first time, man. Would not be the first time. I'm easily hoodwinked. Oh, great word. Great word. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. So I have I have put forth the idea that this is actually a good time for the Oilers to find out about young players. Broberg, Holloway, Lavoie, there's some kids on the farm. Eventually bring those up. I don't understand. If you're a team that is this bad and you're not going to win anything, I don't know why you play Gagne and Derek Ryan and Matthias Yanmark. You might try to trade those players if they have value, but there's no use playing 34-year-old guys when you're losing. Agree. But I would say this. I I do agree with you. You have to be very, very careful for two reasons. Number one, I don't – you'd have to look at the history of the NHL, but, boy, I'll tell you, we're close. The only team I can think of is the Islanders when they were verging or the Oilers when they lost that series to L.A., where you've got these these top players, and there would be fans who argue – Dreisaitl and McDavid are the top two skilled players in the NHL. You've got a top team with with two top players like this that's underachieving. It has happened, but not much. But do you want to bring new guys into this environment? Mm. And that, right, that's really really scary and really dangerous. Unless you want to bring in maybe three or four of them. And now... Now they're bringing in their own attitude. So that's, but you got to be very careful when you bring up a young player into a team because history's rife with guys saying, when I came up to the Red Wings in 68, oh my God, all they did was bitch in the dressing room. And that's not good. You do not want to bring a kid into that environment. And I really think that Oilers room cannot be a good environment now. It can't be. So I have a very sensitive question that, that requires a lot of thought and, and sensitivity, so I've decided to give it to you, the most volatile guest I have. I thought you were going to say, so I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to give it to the next person on the air. <laughs> so I, I have interacted with Oiler fans for a long time, since, well, 20 years I've written the blog, and I've never seen the, the amount, and it started really early in McDavid's career, the amount of fear about losing him and him going somewhere else as a free agent. 
But I, I do think that, that he and Leon Dreisaitl are a part of this team and they are, are, have taken part in authoring the success or lack of success this team has had. So with that as the backdrop and to send you on your way to whatever flames you're going to cause, uh, I wonder, you know, worrying about signing Leon Dreisaitl in July becomes less of a worry now because maybe that's not going to happen. Are we sort of reaching a, a pressure point here where people have worried about something that's for a long, long time uh, and it's here now and maybe the maybe the script is flipped. Maybe it's not about, about you know, worrying about Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Maybe it is about maybe looking at changing the look or the feel of this team at least a little bit. Yeah, well, good luck flipping that script with the Oilers fan base because I don't disagree with you, but I would say this, and and I'll tell you who's to blame for all of this, same as always, is the media. Once the media starts telling telling you that Connor McDavid is the next one, a generational player, people start to think that. And his talent on the ice is that. But let me ask you something. What have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl ever won other than individual awards? Now, I get it. Stanley Cup's a big deal. But what have they ever won? And I realize that I'm slipping into the quicksand here, and quite frankly, I don't care anymore. (laughs) They've won nothing, everybody. They've won nothing. So at some point, and the last time I checked, Al, this is a business. At some point in your business, when you've got guys in the room achieving things for themselves, but the team is, for me, underachieving in 2020, underachieving in 2021. They were never going to win that series against the Avalanche. Avalanche. Underachieving last year against Vegas, even though they went on to win the Stanley Cup, I think the Oilers could have beaten Vegas if their head had been in the right place, and I don't think it was. So, so tell me, what have they ever achieved? Well, not enough because Stanley's the goal. Do you? Yes. Are are when you remember when we were young, Steve? Remember when we could run and and people noticed that we were moving? Unlike now, remember those days? And do you remember when the Chicago Blackhawks had Tony Esposito and they were really good, but they didn't win anything? And the New York Rangers had Rattel and the gag line and they were really good, but they didn't win anything. Is that what this Oilers team is? They're good, but they're not going to win anything. Like, I mean, not just now, but for the for the rest of time. I'm telling you, dude, uh, I don't know about the rest of time, obviously, because players are going to come and go. But if you said to me right now, this group's not going to be the winning group, I would say you're right. But uh, you picked out the Hawks, perfect, went to the Stanley Cup final against Montreal. The Stanley Cup final, mind you. And one year, well, I think it went to seven games. It might have gone to seven games in 71 and 73. I can't remember. The gag line with the Rangers got there in 72, but that they played a huge, hugely stacked Bruins team that was completely pissed off from Thank 1971. You. Thank yeah. you. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know how. I forgot about you and the Bruins there. <laughs> um, but they were never going to win that series. So the problem is, yes, those teams have existed in history. But this team has been built up to be something that it's just not. And the problem is people are buying it and they're believing it. And just because you have two great offensive players on the ice, notice I keep saying on the ice. Mm -hmm. That means something if you think about it. Two great offensive players on the ice, 
that's not going to guarantee anything. And at some point, if you're smart, you start thinking about the business of the game. Well, and I, I think they have to at this point. Uh, by the way, it was six games in 1973, seven in 71. I will buy that. Yeah. I will buy that, yeah. Um, so we are here now, and we've agreed that they're going to fire the coach, and we've agreed that they're going to play the young players, and we've agreed that this might not be – this is if, – if this is a, a mixtape you're making for your, your favorite girl, this one is – got to pull some stuff out, right? Like there's too much Merle. You know, you need to, to add in some happy stuff. So – do they need like a stud defenseman or do they need a balls out goaltender? They need a change of attitude. Number one. Number one. A change of attitude. And that doesn't mean, you know, we're trying, getting rid of the cliches. And how you change that? Well, if you're the coach or you're the management, that's, that's a big part of your job. How do you figure that out? And I, you know, I hate the word culture so hard, but I'm going to use it. You got to change that culture now. You don't have the right leaders to change that. You can read that any way you want. That's number one. And number two, you got to figure out how to get something different in that room because goaltending is a crapshoot, Al. We know that. If I said to you, you can have any goaltender in the league, pick five. By the time you got to number five, you'd be going, oh, I don't know. I mean, he's usually pretty good, but I there aren't that many studs kicking around. It's not like the old original six days where every starting goalie was not too bad, except for Don Simmons with the Boston Bruins. Sorry about that. But <laughs> it, 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 that those days just don't exist where you can just plug, you know, Dominic Hasek's aren't growing on trees. Um, and, and so that's really hard. So to say you're going to have a great goaltender, that's easy to say really hard to do number one i gotta change the attitude how you do that that's up to the management team whoever that might be in the near future any candidates i'm just going to keep you for one last question because i know you got to go and thank your wife for getting you on radio because of her jam so like (laughs) and it's true uh any like do, do you think filthy bruce boudreau as a coach or or gerard gallant and then as a gm anybody in mind I like Jerry Gallant a lot. Um, I've read some things about him that people don't necessarily, you know, they think he's two years and then he's done. I'm not so sure about that. I think you become a better coach every time you coach. But I do think coaches have a shelf life. I mean, Mike Keenan is the epitome of that. I think Bruce Boudreau is that. But, you know, Rick Talk is a better coach now than he was in Arizona. Jerry Gallant would be a better coach than he was in Vegas or Florida or with the Rangers, I think. But uh, if I was hiring a coach and I was in charge today, what do you think you can change in this team? What do you see being different in this team? That's how I would pick my next coach. But it, and, and I read today Joel Quinville. I'm not sure Joel Quinville has been uncanceled. Yes. But uh, if, if you could reimagine Joel Quinville as somebody who wasn't involved with that Blackhawks scheme, I think he'd be a good choice too. But I think it's got to be somebody who – who understands people and is just not going to put up with any crap. I mean, I, there's no other way to say it. Yeah. Well, Lansky, you rock. Great weekend. Uh, I hope you have one, and uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. There he goes. Steve Lansky. I mean, he's a really great guest, and he gets everybody going. But really, it, it really is the it really is the jam. That's the reason that he's here.
And I don't make any apologies about it. It's really good jam. That phone reception wasn't very good. It's kind of irritating when somebody calls you and they, they have crappy reception like that. It wasn't the best. It wasn't maybe ideal. I think, think maybe he'd, he'd do better. Well, I tried to fade him down a little bit, but it didn't really seem to have any effect. Maybe on he the could get like a better plan. Maybe a telephone from this century. Sounded like he was like in 1920s you or should, something like that. You should buy him a phone just for these kind segments. Embarrassing, really. I mean, he's a grown man. What's he doing there? Makes no sense. All right. On the way, well, I, I, I'm curious about Tata Uremchuk because last week he was kind of defending the orders and I was down on them. We'll find out if he's still doing that. Next, this is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Who's going to see Kiss tonight? I, I can't remember now. Who is that? That would be me, Low Tide. That's you. Yeah. You're going to shout it out That's loud. This guy You're going right to rock here. and roll all night. You're going to do it all, man. You're going to gonna listen to that disco bass on I Was Made for Loving You, and you're going to mention disco, and Robin Brownlee will hover over you and say, it's not disco. Oh, I'm going to be tearing up during Beth. My, my singing at the top of my lungs. I don't know. We'll see what the night holds. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Though. I've always, Beth, I've always, I heard the lyrics again yesterday. I've always wanted, you know, he's, he's in a band and Beth is, is calling him because she wants to be with him. And he says, just a few more hours. We can't get the sound right. Why does he just invite Beth over? But he, he can't come home right now. Lopez. No, but, but Beth could come over no. and they could be, they, then they, they get the, you know, Beth could be happy. No. He could be happy. Him and the boys are playing. She so can't what? Be, she can't maybe be around they, for that. Maybe they suck. Maybe Beth could help. No, Saturdays are for the boys. Maybe Beth she could that. say, you know, the bass player keeps sticking his tongue out. Maybe if he paid attention, it would be better. I, just, I feel as though that song, Needed a follow-up. I'll talk to Gene tonight. I'll sure. talk to Gene tonight, and I'll tell him everything you said. Yeah. Beth okay. solved the help? band, you All know. Right. Beth figured it out. Okay. We're now joined by Tata Uremchuk from Daily Faceoff. I know he'll be less explosive than Lansky, or maybe not. Uh, what's your take, Uremchuk? Is this really rock bottom, or is there one more tier of rock bottom? Um, I would not like to find out, personally. Um, I'm going to say this is rock bottom low tide. I don't think it can get worse than losing to a team who a week ago everyone was calling the worst team in NHL history. Um, this is probably this is it. This is the bottom. What if what if they have to give McDavid a month off because he's hurt? I don't think they do. I think if the injury was that bad, he'd be sitting still. They would have brought him back to the Heritage Classic and then said, "Whoa, okay, you're not yourself. You're not feeling good. You're sitting." I think this is something. He can play through. Um, granted, it doesn't look like he can play through it all that well right now. So he's not himself, though. And that is like the Oilers, when they win series during the McDavid era, McDavid outscores the mistakes and they get reasonably good goaltending. They're not getting good goaltending and McDavid's not outscoring the mistakes. How do you fix that before Woodcroft gets fired? Um, you just need other guys to step up low tide and they got to start working harder too. like. It's one thing to not be getting the puck luck and the goals. It's another thing to just be a perimeter team who has no ability to fight back against any sort of pushback. Like when the San Jose Sharks pushed back in that game, the Oilers didn't say, okay, we'll take our game up another level. They cowered. They took a massive step back and they sunk down to the Sharks level. And it's just work ethic. If they wanted to work hard for 60 straight minutes against San Jose, they would have beaten, or sorry, yeah, against San Jose, they would have beaten San Jose. If they would have wanted to work hard for 60 straight minutes against Dallas, they would have beaten Dallas. And there's other games this year where you could say the exact same thing, and they just don't seem to want to work hard. So you say, uh, stealing that from your uh, from uh, Dave Jameson, 
Um, like I, I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm, I'm ready to move on from this team. I am. I, I think they should play the kids, play Holloway, play Broberg, play Raphael Lavoie, play Gleason, play, uh, uh, Borgo and, and move Gagne and Ryan and Yanmark and all the 30 plus guys who aren't central to winning just to see what you have because this season for me, uh, is a lost one. Play these young players for 40 games. If they don't work out, throw them away at the deadline and get a bunch of other players because this is a, this is like a free bingo card for the Edmonton Oilers. They won't get this chance again. And if they're going to do anything in Drysaddle's final year, they need to find some value contracts. Tell me I'm wrong. Tide, I say this with all due respect, but it's easier to say that when your job's not on the line, right? And when you're not a Hall of Fame GM in his last season. Jay, like Jay Woodcroft's not going to sit there and go, well, try better for the long-term future of this team if I just play Raffle of Watt 15 minutes and pull the pin on this year. Like That dude's fighting for his job and for future jobs as well. And Ken Holland, I mean, he won't care a year from now what Raphael Lavoie's future looks like. He cares about this team trying to win right now. And, I mean, the other line you said is, you know, going into Leon Dreisettle's last season or potential last season, you need to know, Tide, if you don't turn things around this year, there's no guarantee that guy wants to sign an extension with you this summer. If you don't have an extension for him this summer, then uh, what are you going to do in the offseason? Because I don't know if you want him going into the year with no deal in place. No, I think you have to trade him, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that that you're all, you are already on a collision course with changing the, the look of this team in the summertime. So... Find out what you have because the, you know what you have in Gagne. You know what I have in Ryan and you know what I have in Yanmark. And those are role players and they have uses. There's no doubt about it. But you need to get into next summer knowing if any of these kids, and I mean any because we don't know for sure, if any of these kids can play. And and Leon Dreisaitl might be traded next summer. And that's a fact. But you can find out about those guys in March and April. Or, or yeah, March and April, I guess. Like right now, I think the focus still needs to be on this team trying to string together a 14-game hot streak like they had to end last season and climbing back into this thing. Like, if they go 18-11 and 11 in the final, whatever, however many games, that is 29, so from now to the middle of the season, 18-11, and 11, you're back at 500, that's not an insurmountable task, and then you can focus on the back half of the season. Right now, it's too early to pull the pin. If if I would agree with you, if Connor McDavid was right, but he isn't, how long do you think it'll be before he's right? I don't even like. Do you think Connor McDavid knows how long it'll be until he's right? Like it just—he's going out there and he had some good moments last game. A couple of rushes where I'm sitting on my couch and I'm going, "Okay, there's vintage Connor." He sliced and diced through the neutral zone and drove in wide on his strong side. Okay, that looks good. But then there's just a couple of horrendous turnovers. So. That the fact that we're getting glimpses of it shows me he's getting closer because again against Dallas we didn't get a glimpse of it against Calgary we didn't get a glimpse of it against Vancouver we barely got a glimpse of it so we saw glimpses of it last night so that leads me to believe he's getting there. I will only buy into this premise of yours on one condition: find a goalie. Who's the goalie? I can tell you it it shouldn't be Jordan Bennington. The solution here is not to go bring in another Albatross contract and be like, well, let's hope this guy's better. Like, would Bennington be better? Sure. Is he a $6 million goalie? No. So don't, you know, cut off your nose to save your face. I don't know what that saying is. I don't get it. But you, you, got it right. it applies. you got yeah, it right. Yeah, I think it applies in this situation. The solution is if you can find a team, cough, cough, San Jose, who has a ton of cap space and wants picks, pay however many picks it takes to get rid of Jack Campbell and get a young goalie in the process. Low Tide, 
trade your next two first-round picks and Jack Campbell for Mackenzie Blackwood. And San Jose, you can have those picks unprotected because Ken Holland don't care. He's not going to be sitting at that table in June. You need to go find a young, cheap goalie somewhere who can give you a good season here. I think that's the solution. It's certainly not to go get a overpaid Jordan Bennington. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And you do need a, like, you know, James Reimer's 1.4 or whatever. And I'm not saying he's the answer, but you need somebody you can slide in without further making a mess of your, of your, um, yeah. of your, it, now final one for you. And I'm, I'm sorry to do this because when I say final one, there'll be three more after that. I understand that you know that, but I wanted to tell you, uh, if they go to the deadline and they are out of it, do you see Fogel and DeHarnay or do you see them maybe trying to trade one of the players with, with term? Uh, to kind of get out from under the cap hell they're in. I wrote about this the other day. Um, is any team touching Evander Kane for a playoff run? I don't think so. I think his baggage is it's too much for a team to be willing to take that. Is Zach Hyman going to waive his no-movement clause in the middle of the season? Probably not. Is Nuge? Probably not. Uh, maybe you find a taker for a CC or a Kulak. Um, if you wanted to go down that route, sure. But I think it's and DeHarnay, and you're getting third to fifth round picks back for those guys, and that's it. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. I, I we disagree about the the way forward, but I, you know, I I think that that how shocked are you? Because I I've been trying to like in my brain. To, like I remember Pat Quinn being so disappointing. No, no disrespect to Mr. Quinn who has passed away, but it was not he was not the Pat Quinn that we saw uh, a decade earlier in Toronto, uh, and and I was just I was flummoxed by by lots of things. JF Jock on the top line among them, but this this team right now they just they continue to surprise. Last night I'm watching the game and I'm like, God, they're the second most passionate team in this game, and they've got every reason to be like hammering them and they're not and i i don't i don't understand it i don't get it uh and there's no influenza that i know of so is this the most shocking oilers team you've seen without a doubt i mean stanley cup aspirations like i know they had it in 2017 18 the year after that first sort of run that they threw together but i mean this is a whole nother level this is year eight or nine or whatever of connor and leon and it's a team that was, you know, not just optimistically looked at as a Stanley Cup contender, a team that was a legitimate Stanley Cup contender on paper. And they're not average. They're flat-out terrible. It makes no sense, Los Tide. It, it defies every piece of hockey logic that is in my brain, and it keeps me up at night, and it frustrates me to no end because it just – why this team can't put in effort is a impossible mystery. Yeah, it really is. And also, defensive coverage might be something they want to work on from time to time. Uh, any any thoughts on the Raptors? Any thoughts on the Jays? Guerrero's staying, right? Like, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, I think Toronto's going to have a not boring offseason because I think they'll be aggressive in trying to improve, improve this team. But, like, we maybe get an Alec Manoa trade. I think that's the biggest splash they'd make on the trade front. Um, I think it's going to be free agency for them. Go after Cody Bellinger. You do everything in the world to try to get Shohei Otani in your organization, but I'm not expecting that. But you do everything in your power to do it if you're Rodgers and you have boatloads of money, which they do. Um, so you go aggressive in free agency, try to retool this thing. That's, that's how the Jays are going to run through this. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably fair. All right, so anything exciting? You're going to the Kiss concert tonight? What are you doing? i got to be on a plane in a few hours. I'm going to Seattle to watch nice. this uh, 
to watch this Oilers team try to scrap together a victory again, taking nice. a plane of 36 Oilers fans down to Seattle for a nation vacation. But wow. that'll that'll be fun, win or lose. But hopefully the Oilers give us something to cheer about. And bag notes, what cleaning the toilets while you're gone? What's what's happening there? Is he going with you? He's he's calling me for rides. He's saying he can't get to the airport himself. What what is it with that guy? You know, can we trust him with the dog? I, I certainly hope so. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Enjoy. See you, Todd. All right. Seattle's a great city. Lucky guy. Getting to go to Seattle like that. It's a beautiful city. Love Seattle. Have you been to Seattle? I've never been to Seattle, but I love the idea of Seattle. I love the rainy Northwest kind of. Yeah. kind of. I've been to Seattle a few times. One of the first, I guess the first time I was there, the fleet came in and there were, I, I am talking about the most perfectly pressed whitest sailor uniforms I've ever seen in my life. And they were all lined up at a payphone uh, near Pike's Place Market. And they were like, they forever, they were like, uh, probably like a hundred of them to call home. You could call home from the mainland, right? And I, I just remember thinking to myself, how is, like, I mean, any normal male walking around in that white of clothing is going to pick up something. You know, maybe you fall and you're have a little bit of a grass stain or something. Perfectly white. I mean, do you have any white clothing? Yeah, I have a couple white tees I break out okay, every now and are then. They, I, are they as white as the because you wash them and maybe you forgot to put some, you know, red underwear in there no, or something like they, that? Or? They stay pretty white. I'm pretty okay. good at keeping my whites away from my colors. I had a really nice pair of white pants. It was very Backstreet Boys-esque, wow. but I stained them. They got like mud stains on them or something. So those some just, kind of beach boy? Yeah, something like that. They just stay in my they just stay in my chest of drawers now because no real use for them. But they, they were, when I put them on, I was I was I was flying. Do you have a photo we can send out? I probably got a couple photos somewhere. Actually, oh, you know what it was? I think one year I used them to dress up for a Sonny and Cher costume. Oh, no. oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Really? One, one Which one were you? Uh, <laughs> I was Sonny. Okay. Yeah, I was right. Sonny. I love Cher. Sonny, but yeah. Cher is the best. What should we go as next year? You know, I was thinking about uh, a friend of mine suggested that we go as, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, I, what a great shout. And we could great be, shout. like, you could be, Martin and I could be candy. Oh, I love that. You know? I love that. And we'd that. maybe be dance the mess around, and I got the cigar in my mouth, and I'm doing the thing, and you're snoring in the other. We could do a publicity photo. We should go on a cross-country road trip to really lean into it. <laughs> like, we we fly out to the East Coast, and we got to we gotta get back for Thanksgiving, for Canadian Thanksgiving, do the show I on the road. cannot make this more clear. I have tried, but I will do it once again. I, I want nothing to do with you socially. Okay. Do you understand? <laughs> no, like, hey, well, now the Not even to have clear. a lunch or a, a, even sitting across from you for the 11 minutes we do and what we call show prep is, is too much. Yeah. That's yeah. why you cut it down to about eight recently. Yeah. Then it's going to be seven, <laughs> six. <laughs> Shortly, you're going to start getting to the show late. I'm going to be introing it. You're like, I'm here now. <laughs> I'm right here. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, I, I was the other day when I took the dog in for a haircut. I was pretty close. Okay. Uh, Samuel Fajamo is on waivers. We'll tell you why and why it might be important next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440 brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. We say hi to Doug and also to Mary. Is that a new liner where they talk about a smart ass, all that? I hadn't heard that before. It's new-ish. It runs pretty long is the problem. So if we have an intro that... uh an intro to a song out of the break that's under 15 seconds or around 15 seconds. It's a little tough to play, but Falco was coming in heavy with a 24 second intro. So, so we, we if let they're the big recording one fly. new promos, that means the show must be going fairly well. 
Yeah, I think so. Well, a lot of them were also, you know, sports talk radio is back, and I think we wanted to move away from that a little bit because we're well established now. You know, we got to call a spade. How many? Spade. How many weeks have we worked together? Oh man, it feels like a lifetime, but I think it's only. It might, it, I think it's only been about what ten. I don't know. That's why I was yeah. asking. I think it's about ten. Yeah, because at twelve you want to bring you want to bring JMO on. Well, I I think because JMO is a like, first of all, he's a great guy, but we don't want to waste his time, and we wanted yes. to be organized because you know JMO like don't put any cups with saucers around or something that could spill because he'll call the engineers and then that's all a big problem and then you know make sure you enunciate and pronounce all the words correctly. There's a lot. He's a lot. The JMO's a lot, but he's the best. He's great. He's I love best. him, but he's a lot. You know, I love Jamo. Got to put on special gloves, and there's just a lot happening. The day you know? we have Jamo on with us is the day I'm wearing a suit and tie to the office, because I'm coming in as professional as I can be. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know you had that kind of gear. Oh, I got. Oh, I look great in a suit. Well, you know, I believe that. You know, you're a you're a handsome young Dan. <laughs> you're out making the scene. You know. Now, would you ever wear that to like a club? No. And no. why? Yeah, we just got a little hot in there. But here, no problems. Well, wait a minute. Like, you can take the jacket off, and then it's just a shirt. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, there's too much potential for it to get uh, for it to get dirty. Ah, I see. Yeah. I see. So you just wear your grub-a-dubs to the club. I, wear, I don't go to the club, but if I did, I would wear my grub-a-dubs. You don't go to the club? No. Interesting. I did not know that. I, like, I, I just stay home and watch sports, honestly. I'm a boring guy. I don't, I don't do much. So, like, you, you, like you, you, let's say the, the young lady that you were seeing says... You know, would you like to go have a drink? You would go to a, like a lounge. Yes. I see. Yes. And you, the lounge would have a television that you could ignore her and watch the sports. No, I wouldn't do her that. Well, that's what service. you're doing. I can tell just based on what you're saying. No, if I'm on somebody else's time, I'm, I'm always happy to compromise. But if I'm on my own time, I'm doing All what right. I want. So let's say, let's say that it's Saturday and your, your, your person that you care about has said, let's go out and have a drink. And you said yes. And you did not pick the locale. But behind her is a college football game. And it's a big, it's the game of the day. And you are, she is checking on the eye contact. And it's just a little to the right of looking her in the eye. Yeah. How often do you look at the screen? Probably 83% of the time. You know what? I'm watching the screen. I was ready to call you a liar. Yeah. You are an honest man. Yep. Probably about 83. And that, that might be lowballing it, actually. You know what? I my respect for you has grown so much. Thank you. Like seriously, you you manned up and told the truth. I cannot tell a lie. Wow. Hard hitting She's truth a only. Lucky girl. <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> Good times. Okay. Uh lots of texts coming in. We we had a lot of guests today. That's Declan's fault. He had his declinations thing. We didn't get to as many as we wanted to, but uh, Low Tide, it's clear that Declan doesn't understand why you have a moat around your house. Well, he'll figure it out. People, they they want to come over and to my house, and I don't want them to come over to my house. So that's what that is. They go, hey, why don't we do No. And so it's been many years of that. And my friend Dean came over, and he wandered around the house looking at it. with, And I'm like, what are you doing? You're, you're embarrassing yourself, and the dog is worried. You know, why can't people be normal? It's not like I it's not like the the, you know, I don't know. It's not like the jungle room and it's Elvis. It's just a place, you know, with a and there's a lot of stuff laying around. Not that big a deal. Probably 
more interesting at your house. Did you see Friedman's comments on 32 Thoughts about the Oilers being on the precipice of making a big move in goal on Wednesday? He said it was unrelated to Jack Campbell being sent down. What would be your best guess? Well, I mean, Bennington was rumored around that time. That would be my guess. Um, I think it would have been a mistake. My feeling is now you cut bait. You say, we're done. We don't have it. Low tide, I want to come over and play Crokinole. No. Nobody can come to my house. I don't want you at my house. Get off my lawn. I, in fact, don't even drive by my house. It's too busy. I don't want it. The last media guy that was at my house was Yeremchuk, and he brought a big bottle of Crown Royal. That I will accept. But he left right away, and he didn't ask to come in. Low Tide, can we meet up for a big hug? I could use a hug. No. Although I do like hugs, but it's <laughs> I got to be in the right mood. Hugs are good, though. Do you like hugs? Well, I love a good hug, but I'm clearly I'm not going to go asking you for one. <laughs> I know what that answer is going to be, so forget about it. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm entering the crusty phase of my life. Entering? <laughs> your, first, your first ballot, crusty phase of your life. <laughs> Uh, Jack Campbell is not good from Fontana, Daytona. LT, the owners had 15 hits, somehow crushed Stoffer. Poor guy. I, Bob sees the game well. I don't have any quarrel with my, was listening, I picked my daughter up. I was listening to him on the radio last night. He had good pertinent points. Bob's a really smart guy, you know. Don't know why people are after Bob. If you can get Bennington and Pareko, I think you do it. Stanley Cup champions that bring grit and accountability to the rest of the team. That's like $4 trillion. The players are a bunch of brats, and they're going to teach a lesson this time. Beat the maturity into them and get out of this. This is what they want to grow up. See, this is the kind of old-style thinking I don't understand. These are the, the Connor McDavid makes $12.5 million a year, and you're going to intimidate him? Hey! Pick up that shovel. Get real. The guy has a heated driveway. Do you have a heated driveway? I have an underground parking garage. It stays it's pretty not warm the in same there. thing, okay. and you share it with a bunch of other people. He's got his own heated. There's one car that drives down that driveway, and it's his. Yeah, we're a couple tax brackets apart, I would imagine. So I'm not too you surprised. Know, and I mean, look, I'm not impressed with his kitchen, but that's just a matter of taste. The man has a heated driveway, and you're going to tell him, you know, skate some laps? Come on. My wife would take the seat opposite of facing the TV just so that I could see the sports on the screen. Best woman ever, Jason and LaDuke. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you, Jason. Try playing a... Try using a rubber... Lotide, try using a rubber finger when you play Crokinole so you don't hurt yourself. It's a game changer. <laughs> okay, I haven't seen the rubber finger. Do you know the rubber finger for Crokinole? I do not, but it's just a funny thought. You know, I you want to play Crokinole? Yeah, let me get my my rubber finger. What in the world is coming? Probably I'm not allowed to say that either. Uh, Lansky is bang on. Ziggy knows the smell of reporters. Yes. No to Bennington. Let's 
get Babcock in here. Nope, it, that will not happen. He's not coming here. Nope, he's not coming here. We need Marty Reisner. Actually, I thought about Mac T. I thought about writing about Mac T as coach. If I wrote a Mac T as coach article, would you read it? Are you asking me? Because well, I would one here. read it. Well, no, come on, don't do that. Because sometimes you put out a question into the uh, into the stratosphere there, and you're talking to the listeners. Sometimes you you ask me, so don't don't flip it on me like that. But no, of course I would read it. <laughs> Of course I would read it. You know, you talk back a lot more than you did 10 weeks ago. You want me to stop? No. <laughs> I I like, like, we're, we're morphing into a new relationship where you eventually get up and hit me upside the head. It's, it's getting, all good. It's getting way more toxic, but <laughs> we're finding our groove. You know, um, when I first started working with Yeremchuk, he was he was also hesitant to, to uh, you know, rear up with his hindquarters, and he's got the massive feet. And, and, you know, hammer me a good one. And then he got really used to it. And then he got really good at it. And then he had to go. But, uh, yeah. So you just keep hammering. It's okay. I can take it. I was married for 40 years. I can take it. Uh, the Nashville Predators of, uh, place Sam Fajamo on waivers. Uh, he's an interesting guy. He's a goal scorer. He's a pure scorer. He's a first shot scorer, a shooter. I'm getting it out. It's coming. And he's 23 years old, and he has not found his range yet. But that's a guy. Remember when the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights were always picking up these guys off waivers, and they weren't any good, and then all of a sudden, bang, they were good? Fajimo is going to score a lot of goals in the NHL. I don't know what team it's for. But I know Michael Parcati is on it like a fly on on um, hamburger meat that's been left out for a while. They're all over it absolutely all over it. I guarantee you, Parcati, right now, is fashioning an email to Ken Holland saying, Dear Mr. Holland, here is your opus. And that's what he's saying, because that is a that would be a good guy for the Oilers to try to pick up. We always talk about analytics, but we need one that measures how a player is in the dressing room. Best answer for that came from Rob Volman, who now works in the amateur scouting department with the Los Angeles Kings. He was on this show many times. And somebody asked him via text, same thing, what about in the room? What about the stuff that's, you know, not measurable? And Volman said, well, if it, if it helps winning, it will show up in the numbers because winning is about outshooting. It is about outscoring. Is it about shot suppression? All of those things are measurable. So if the guy's good in the room, then that'll show up. Connor Halley is stopping by. Halley, what are you doing over there? Just hanging out. What are you just wandering around? Pretty much, yeah. If we gave you a paper route, could you could you do that? <laughs> Got my stuff done early, so I thought yeah. I'd come hang out. Yeah. Did you ever ask to come over to my house and I told you no? No, no. Yeah. I, I know think, I'm not welcome in St. Albert. Yeah, I don't I don't think I you ever asked. You're the one guy who never wanted to come over to my house. I'd stick out like a sore thumb. But <laughs> I did find it funny how you just kept saying no. No. <laughs> do you want to to tell people what happened to you in Vegas when you asked for time? See, one time you told me that sometimes you make stories up about people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how what this story is or this, how the story you is. told me was this. You said that you were you didn't have any idea about time. You had no idea where you were. You were you'd been up for sixty eight hours <laughs> in Vegas and you hadn't shaved or bathed at all. Yeah, and you walked Vegas. up to a woman and you said, "What time is it? Is it?" And she said, "You know, honey, ordinarily I get paid for things that you know." So and I. <laughs> That was the story. Yeah. Okay. Well, that w- w- was that true. Pro- I mean, that may have happened. 
Well, that's not an answer. Don't let a lie get in the way of a good story, though, is what I've been always told. <laughs> I mean, Vegas is funny. We got lost in uh, the Caesars shops once. And, you know, if you've been to Vegas, they've got the uh, like the sky on the roof, and there's a few different places like that, and we had no way to get out. Heck of a town. If you're in your 20s or early 30s, well, yeah, not you've anymore. You've got to be unattached, too, because yes. you can't be bringing home whatever you're bringing home. Went with the wife this summer, and it was a big time different. I was up at the pool at 7 a.m. Yeah, of course you were. Yeah, it was great. Wait till you have kids. $12 bottle you, of water, you know, American. A, a small child will be dancing in your head at 4.30 in the morning, and you'll be going, what the hell is this? Oh, wait a minute, it's my child. Niece, That's the way it works. Uncle life is great. Well, you know what? How old are you? 36. Okay, you're going to have kids. Maybe, and, yeah. maybe not. And <laughs> what Lord I like about it. you is you think you have a choice. All right, enjoy. <laughs> uh, Gregor Show on the way. Uh, time for a sports update. Please enjoy your weekend.